Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number 80. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, uh, Daryl Manchelenko. Well, Daryl, um, two kind of uh, not-so-fun games to, to watch this past week. 4-1 loss to Calgary and a 3-1 loss to Mini. What, uh, what were your thoughts on those two uh, clunkers? Well, the you know what? <laughs> I don't know if this, you know, there was... The lack of offense has been forthcoming, right? Like it's been not just these two games, but in terms of the effort or the, they were just bad. I don't know what else to say other than those were two bad hockey games. Uh, nobody could make a pass. Uh, you know, they, the game against Minnesota was worse than, than the Calgary game, in my opinion. They just looked awful yesterday and. Um, let's hope it's just uh, post Christmas blues, uh, and and that they're going to be able to get back on on the horse here uh, starting tomorrow night in Edmonton. But not a very good uh, good effort uh, by by the guys. Uh, and if they don't skate, they don't win. There, it's pretty pretty simple. Yeah, I I thought the Calgary game that we got out goalied. I thought Riddick was really really good, and he. I mean, Brian Little could have won the game on his own a couple of times of the chances he had, but uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, and uh, I mean, it, it happened. It happened in the St. Louis game, and we said, "Wow, that's kind of an anomaly." We got shut out one nothing, and blah blah blah. But it does happen. You know, Calgary's a good team. They had a uh, couple couple good bounces, and they got great goaltending. So uh, you got to give that one to them. But like, I think I think I kind of agree with you in the mini game. Like, I just thought we were outworked and. I was disappointed in a lot of guys, and I'm going to tell you something. Our um, the bottom end of our roster, um, I, I was just disgusted with Jack Rossovic's play in in both those games. Um, this is a guy I, and the reason I say that is because I have high hopes for him. I'm not as hard on if you notice, I'm not hard on them you because I don't expect much from him, nor do I want much from him. I just don't think much of him of a, as a hockey player, right? But with Roscoe, I like him. I like. All his, I like his skill set and his tools, and he's disappointing me. So obviously, I'm, and I want our listeners to, 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 that's what my takes are. When I'm hard on a guy, it's because I really believe in him. And uh, Roslovic is uh, right now; he's really disappointing me. Is is he got a bit of a chip on his shoulder right now? Do you think? I, I don't know why he would though. I mean, he's just well. A... He doesn't like he's had some good games. Uh, they're getting five, six minutes a game. You know. Is that enough for to keep a young player happy? I don't know. I, I'm not trying to make something that's not there, but it, it just seems that there's such an indifference in his game that uh, I'm like you. It's I, I was expect I'm expecting more from him, and here's an opportunity for for that line to really do some, and at times showed, uh, you know in the right matchups that they can be dominant, you know, and in, in the offensive zone, but this inconsistency, and that's a young player for you, I guess, you know, in, and maybe that's what we should just chalk it up to, but um, I, I'm going to be watching him very closely. Yeah. I, I'm putting a lot of this on Paul Maurice because, you know, and, and we've had this discussion before. It's not that I don't like Andrew Kopp. I just think that he gets a free pass quite a bit from fans media like uh he's an okay hockey player he but the here's the here's the thing i like about him 
Um, I don't have high expe- expectations for him, but I just like the way he plays with Lowry and Tanev. That's a good third line. Possession sure. numbers off the chart. Uh, they both between the three of them could the, couldn't put the puck in the ocean if they had you know if they had to. But they spend a lot of time in the other team's end. They actually can draw penalties because of their speed. Blah 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 blah. So I like them as a unit. So Cop comes off the IR after his concussion, and he puts him on the fourth line with the kids. And I just don't get it because put him back where he belongs and give the kids a stronger player, as in Matthew Perot. Like I say, the Swiss Army knife, you put him where you need him. To me, that makes a better fourth line. You lose nothing on the third line, right? And the top six will take care of itself, even though I think they've been a little sloppy lately too, especially Shifley's line. But they gen- those two top two lines generate good offense. But I, I, what was Paul Maurice thinking? What do you think his thinking was there? I think it's. I think it's. He's protecting him from. Uh, um, and I guess you know, at the end of the day, I, it's kind of a weird, weird comment, right? He's trying to limit his minutes, get him back in the groove. You know, I, I'm not sure he's 100. percent I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. When a when a player comes back from a concussion and has to have a a smoked visor, you know that light is a problem for him, right? So. Unless this is one, so all of this might be just super hyper vigilant uh, protection of Andrew Cop at this point, and the best way to do that is by restricting his minutes, and uh, you know go from there. But I, I, I would agree with you. This this hopefully will be a very short term, um, a short term uh, you know lineup in with respect to those two lines. So, and then we'll get to see. Uh, Pearl back with Roslovic and Appleton. Yeah, and I think it's better. It's it's better for Roslovic. It's better for Appleton. And uh, you know, like I say, Matthew Pearl can play anywhere. Uh, he's a he's a solid guy. I mean, <laughs> my only complaint with him, once again, is like, <laughs> I guess I'd be a real bugger to work for. Cause <laughs> I had a guy on Twitter told me <laughs> the guy a guy on Twitter told me a couple years ago he, after I did did my report cards. He goes, man, I'd hate to work for you, but. I, when I look at a guy's skill set, and Perot's got, he's got everything, and uh, like, why doesn't he score more? <laughs> is what I, is, is the question I always ask. But I can live with, uh, uh, I can live with his power play points, and when he gets in the top six, he produces. But uh, I, I'm a big Matthew Perot fan. Once again, when I like a guy, I expect more of him. Uh, but I just think he's, uh, when he's on the fourth line, it's not a fourth line, and I just think it makes those two kids, I think it makes them better. And I think it probably actually really helps Roslovic too. But yeah, I like you. I'm looking forward to seeing that line get back together. Uh, but uh, in saying that, Daryl, we may have bigger fish to fry here. Um, you know, late. I guess it wasn't late in the game, but in the in the Minnesota game, Buff kind of went into the corner. It wasn't really the corner behind the net, and he got hit. But the hit uh, didn't injure him. He just his his skate kind of dug in. A little bump, and it uh, he had a he had a hard time getting off the ice. And now the reports are he could be done until well. What I heard today from uh, somebody was that they're going to reevaluate him at the All Star break. <laughs> That's a little ways away. So uh, well, it looked like a high ankle sprain, and just the way his uh, his leg you know sort of rolled in, or his ankle rolled in, and with high ankle sprains, I think. Uh, 
you know, you could put a timeline on it uh, if you feel like you need to, but they, and a big man like him, you know, he's, uh, this is going to be a very delicate in, uh, you know, recovery process. Uh, this is not a good injury for, for the Jets and, and certainly for Buff. But, um, you know, he, he missed a few games earlier in the year. The, the guys like uh, um, Morrissey and Truba will, will get a ton of ice time. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm expecting good things from them. And, and certainly I would leave the lineup more or less the way they are now. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I know we talked about this a little bit, but before the... Uh, uh, we started the, this podcast was, you know, do you separate Truba and and uh, Morrissey? And I'm of the opinion, no. And you leave Kulikov and Myers together, and then uh, Sherratt and Morrill will will pick up the bottom end. Yeah, I'm, we're going to make the assumption that Joe Morrill, uh, you know, he uh, he gets into the lineup. They'll probably call up Niku. Um, I hope that we see more of Nico this time in the call-up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Was uh, like, would you split up that top unit? They they do I, they don't they do get a lot ton of ice time. But I just think that we're leaving the bottom two pairings a little exposed if uh, we just leave it the same. Like I mean, like where do you put? Well, so where do you, here's the thing. Where do you put Moral? Well, Morrow will play with uh, with Sherrod, I think. Um, or would he play with Myers and then have Kulikov and Sherrod together? Yeah. I I know what you're saying, but I guess if you split up Truba and Morrissey, are you not still in that same sort of boat as, you know, like you put, put Morrissey with Myers, is that going to make them make us stronger? Well, I'm going to tell you uh, something. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I don't. And then because ultimately now you put a sh- likely Sherrod with Truba, does you know does that matchup make us stronger? With you know, notwithstanding the fact that you know Buffs uh, out of the lineup, you know, does that scenario make us better? I don't know. Um, well, no, you know what I find funny about this, Daryl, is is uh, and we've we've mentioned this before. When we're healthy, we can live with our lineup, and I've said this a couple times. The one guy we can never do without for any length of time is Bufflin. That's that's but that's my opinion. Okay. But any but any injury to the top three, whether it be Truba, uh, Josh, Morrissey, or uh, or Bob, Big Buff, really exposes and shows how weak we are in the back end. We're not weak, like we have a we have a lot of depth in bottom of the end lineup defensemen that can play in the NHL limited minutes in the right situations. And we have like we don't have that middle ground yet. Our top three are very elite, and then our next three are kind of like, eh. Like, you never know what you're. We're in a from. way better position than most teams, though. Even with Buff out of the lineup, I mean, we can compare ourselves to Toronto, their defensive core versus our defensive core, and with Bufflin out of the lineup, we're probably still a better defensive core than than the Leafs are. Um, you know. I, I just think we have a very, very deep uh, defense of, uh, you know, eight players, ten players, however num- number you want to want to put on it, including, you know, the guys down in the minors. But I don't – I think we, we need to give these guys a little bit more credit as it relates to how we compare against others. I, I don't think it's all that bad. That said, 
you know, when you take a buff out of the lineup, uh, there's a hole, you know, like there's, and you can't replace that. You know, yeah, and you're, I think I agree with you to a point there. And here's the thing. When Myers and Kulikov are both healthy or in the right headspace and both playing well, they're very, very effective. And here's the, here's the question now with more responsibility and, uh, more ice time, can that pairing elevate its game? And I think, Think back to that road trip where we basically had about four AHL defensemen dressed and we beat the Islanders and we looked so good. Of course, that's a short-term thing. Like, Buff's going to be gone for a while, so a lot of guys are going to have to pick up slack. But uh, I know even when I played, it was like the more I played, the better I played. And sometimes we watch when Myers is struggling. What you don't want to see is more Myers. But yeah, and that's in that little stretch there, he was pretty good. So maybe added responsibility elevates his game. Um, and for the most part, I never worry about Truba and uh, Morrissey, but it's, it's the rest of the guys I kind of worry about. You know, Morrow hasn't played for quite a while, and I don't know. Yeah, I thought I, you know, the timing is not good, and 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 an injury to Bufflin or any player for that matter in this lineup is never, you know, there's never good timing. But after these two games that we, you know, we just witnessed. Um, Going into the first game without Buff, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I'm I'm very nervous going into Edmonton um, and playing, you know, a team that uh, that frankly uh, seems to, you know, it's they I wouldn't say have has our number, but they play us tight, and we need to, you know, we need to make sure McDavid stays in check and and. With one less uh, key player on defense, we're in trouble. Well, you look this week, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Dallas, so they're all going, <laughs> no buff, good for us, you know. That's, well, for sure. You know, he's a, it doesn't matter how he's playing, he's a, he's a presence, and he's uh, somebody that needs to be dealt with. He keeps the other players on the other team, he, he keeps them honest. Uh, they're very aware of where he is when he's on the ice. He's like, I know the analytics guys can't stand intangibles, but Buff's just dripping with intangibles uh, along with the analytics. Uh, he's a he's a guy that's going to be missed big time. I I and here's the thing too, and I and I've been saying this for a couple of years. Of any of our top, we'll say you know even top top six defensemen. I mean, it's a no brainer to say that Buff will be missed. But I think he's even more missed than we'll say if Trouba was out for a while, or. Well, I can't say about Josh. Josh is, uh, you know, how, you know how I feel about Josh. Josh would be tough. Uh, he'd be a tough loss too, especially being on that left side. But uh, yeah, he's Buff, the biggest loss. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree one hundred percent. I think there's no question about it. What Duff, Dustin Bufflin brings to to uh, to the team, he's dynamic in in every aspect, right? So is Truba a dynamic offensive player? No, he's not. Is Morrissey? Well, he's developing and he's showing a knack, but he's he's not a, a, a dynamic offensive uh, player. Bufflin brings that, right? He yeah. brings that, and um, so that part is no one can touch. Well, for any of you fantasy players out there, if uh, on your waiver wire or your free agent list, if uh, if somehow Josh Morrissey has escaped, uh, <laughs> the rest of the GMs snag him now because. Uh, He's going to see some serious power play time, and uh, that could be a bad thing for the Jets because he's going to put up fifty points this year, and he's going to get a big raise. He's going to bet. He's going to get a better, a bigger raise than Mister College Boy Truba. 
<laughs> I uh, do we want to go there? Nah, maybe we'll save that for another podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just plant that seed for now. But uh, okay. well, actually, it, it's that's not even going to be a correct statement because we don't know what Josh is going to get because Truba's up next. And, and two days from now, we yeah, they can start. They could start negotiating, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they can uh, officially negotiate. Start negotiating. So yeah. it's uh, it's an important uh, two months in that regard. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know what they always say. You know, with injury, you know, somebody's going to get a chance, right? As opportunity opens up, um, I want to see the opportunity open up for Sammy Niku, though. Um, he still intrigues me a lot. You know what? Um, tough spot to be in, and, yep. and and is he a talented player? Absolutely. Is he ready for the NHL? Absolutely not. You know, not for. And I know there's fans that are going to say, "Hey, let's get Niku in there, and he'll fill the void." Well, I don't think he can fill the void a whole bunch better than some of these players that we have that are uh, have a ton of NHL experience. Yeah. And so it's a tough spot for him. And, and the only way he's going to get experience is by playing. But having said that, um, you know, when the numbers are what they are, you're going to put him down to the minors and, and hopefully uh, in time, he, he's going to get more games. He's got to get more games. And, um, you know, but I, I'm not sure that's, that's now. Well, here's the thing. Right now, it's going to be, you know, Sammy Niku versus Joe Morrow. That's going to be the the narrative for the next uh, month and a half or so. Absolutely. And uh, you know, as Morrow goes, if Morrow plays well, he stays in. If Morrow struggles, then Sammy should get in. And I haven't checked lately. And bad on me before the podcast. I should have checked on Tucker Pullman's status. Uh, like he he kind of he works into that uh, into that scenario also. Um, so yeah, there's lots of opportunity there for the young guys, and uh, uh, I think Pullman's still on the injured list. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So anyway, um, we know we know what's coming ahead. It was we're gonna have lots of Twitter controversy on Joe Moro Niku. Uh, I might even just sort of rattle the cage there a bit, and you know, see see what happens. I wouldn't mind. I'd like to see Niku get a, a stretch of, you know, like ten, fifteen games where he knows he's not coming out of the lineup. He's just playing. And even like you know, right now, like you said, you don't think he's ready. I'm not sure that he's ready because I saw a lot of good. And usually with these guys, any young guy, once the puck is on their stick, you can see what they got. They're pretty good. It's how they play without it. Like when Jack Rostovic, like when I was kind of ragging on him earlier, uh, his play without the puck in the last uh, since the Christmas break was really poor. And that and that's fixable though, because uh, you know the puck's not on his stick. Niku, when he has the puck on his stick, looks very solid. He gets lost in his zone, but you know what? We've seen Kulikov, Myers. We've seen Josh do it like once every month, or Truba or Buff. We all get lost. So yeah. Um, if, if if Niku, if you think Niku's your guy, and if you're sitting, if you're if you're Kevin Chevaldeoff, and if you're uh, Paul Maurice, and you're sitting in the, in the war room, and you're just talking amongst yourselves, and you both agree that you know what? When we drop the puck in the playoffs, we think Sammy Nuke is going to be in our top six. Well, you may as well do it now and give him the time. Because if you don't have the faith in Morrow and you want it, like, I get you don't want, sometimes teams fast track guys and sometimes, you know, you want, you wish them into the lineup. But let's see if he can play. 
Well, hey, is Edmonton and Pittsburgh the right teams that you're going to slide them into? Yeah, who knows? I mean, ideally, I, I don't know. I, I know it's a hypothetical question and one you know built on some angst as to whether or not Niku's ready. But those are two tough games, you know, to insert this player in. I'm you know, well, any and, any, and any road game is, is right, right? Any road game is a tough game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So bad on bad on the Jets for not playing him a little more when he when they had the chance when they had some home games and they never played him. I never understood that. Like I get that they like the player to be with the big club, skating with them in practice. But that's you know what <laughs> you can't convince me. And I went through this argument last last year with guys on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere that there is no way that skating and practicing with the big club at the Iceplex is better than playing an AHL game. You'll never convince me because the speed of an NHL practice, although it's fast, it is not as fast as an AHL game. I like I like my young guys playing games. And if you're not going to play them, explain it to him and, and send him to the minors and, t- and play the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. But if you're up, play them. Well, it's, you know, I'm just reviewing the, some of the, you know, the news and and commentary. It looks like Morrow will be playing tomorrow. Right. They haven't they haven't called Niku up yet, so I, I would imagine that's coming tomorrow. Um, you know, bef- but officially, he, he's probably on the plane uh, with the guys today. But um, that said, uh, you know, we're speculating because he hasn't been called up yet. So, right. um, we'll see. I, I would like to see him uh, succeed for sure. And he's going to have growing pains. There's no doubt about it. Um, I may, I'm not sure now's the right time. I'm not sure. Okay. So, so just for the record, then uh, you wouldn't split up Josh and Jake. You'd go with the status quo, uh, keep the Myers Kulikov together and then just uh, fill Morrow with, uh, with Ben that's, and you're going to shelter the and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be like the evil quiz master and I'm going to sh- throw him in the blender shuffle him up and just uh, just see it's you know it's opportunity see who works with who see see what you know what see what life see if Josh can adjust to life without Truba <laughs> there's another one out there let's put that out there he sure. might not, he might not be here in in 2 3 months so uh we may we we may have to adjust to that, but yeah, I would I wouldn't mind just seeing a couple. We know that. Put it this way, let's say this. We know that uh, when push comes to shove, if you're in the stretch or in the third period, and it's in a close game, you can always put the big boys back together, right? Sure, but, and but, and yeah, yeah. But sh- let's do a little shuffling early. Let's have some fun, and uh, but but that's me. You know, I'm I'm a weirdo. I, <laughs> Maurice is notorious for shuffling things up, so. You know, I shouldn't be so quick to say leave status quo because ultimately he's going to move things around. When the situation presents itself, uh, he will mix and match a bit. Well, he'll shuffle the forwards. <laughs> he damned he'd shuffle the defensemen. He, Charlie Huddy just just he Charlie Huddy's just starting to figure out how to get to the rink after ten years. So he wouldn't want to confuse him too much. He's sitting on the bench with his arms folded, uh, having dreams about his Stanley Cup rings with the Oilers. <laughs> Jeez, what, is, what does Mitch think of Charlie Huddy? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, Charlie, I'm just by jest, whatever. Um, before we get to some World Junior stuff here, I just wonder, okay, I'm just going to read this, and you can comment on it 
on it. Whatever you want to say, I have nothing to say about it. I, I know nothing of it. I don't want to know nothing of it, but this was it. So I'm watching, sitting in my big ass recliner, watching sports desk as usual, and underneath the tickers, you know, doing the scores, and it, it gets to NHL news. And this is what I read the horror. Canadians forward Philip Deneau has been fined $5,000 for tripping Panthers defenseman Aaron Ekblad. I actually paused it and rewound it to see if there was more to it. And lo and behold, it said the same thing the second time around. And uh, I have no idea what that's about. But all I want to know is what the hell kind of world do I live in? Listen, it's probably one of the most ridiculous things I've seen out of the NHL. End of statement. You know, um, a dangerous trip is now a findable action. And um, you know what? <laughs> it's been a weird Christmas. Between the Dallas Star uh, CEO, uh, you know, explosion oh, yeah. and uh, dangerous trips, you know, I, <laughs> I tell you, this is this is ridiculous. Like, you know, dangerous skating. You know, as I tweeted out when I first read this, you know, what's next? Dangerous skating. You know, Connor McDavid's going to be sitting in the penalty box for skating all but fast. two minutes of the game, and uh, because he's skating too fast, right? Yeah. Like, it's as ridiculous as that last statement. Well, right? it is like, because defensemen—they're hurting their necks from the whiplash as he whips by them. Exactly, I, I so, can see that. You know, what's next? Uh, two minutes for hitting the guy too hard. You know, AKA the Dustin Buffin rule. Yeah. Um, you know. You you blew by the defenseman, and uh, you know Linda Rodstad gets played on the uh, on the big speakers. Uh, blew by you, and uh, you know there's two minutes in the you know in the box for that. And oh by the way, you do it again. It's twenty five hundred bucks. Oh, that's too it's, good. It it's too it's good. it's absolutely it's embarrassing. Like it. Is this what the NHL has come to? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like I said, you know what? It could be totally justified. I just read it. I don't want to even know. I don't. I really don't even well, want to know. Maybe it was a slew foot. Maybe it was a trip. Maybe it was a kick. I don't know what it was. But it, you know what? Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> just anyway. I want to move on to the World Junior. Ah, uh, you know what? Most teams have got three games in now. Uh, they've gone through the uh, the piddle paddle part of the uh, of the of the round robin. Uh, the big game starts on uh, New Year's Eve with uh, Canada playing Russia for the group. And then they get into the real stuff and uh, stop with these 14 nothing Denmark wins. But uh, uh, last week when we talked, I said to the listeners to watch for Dylan Sandberg. He's playing for Team USA and should be a big part of their team. And he has uh, one assist through uh, three games. And I wasn't sure if the other prospects... I should have known Gustafson was going to play, but I never mentioned him. But last year, the Jets... Uh, their first pick, but the, he was in the second round, was David Gustafsson. He's playing for Sweden. And Santeri Vertanen, is, uh, or Vertanen, however you want to say it. Uh, the Finns say Vertanen, we say Vertanen. He's got a goal. Uh, Vertanen's got a goal and assist, and Gustafsson has two points, two assists. So uh, we do have some guys to watch and keep an eye on. And that, that, for me, that makes the games a little more fun. You can, you know, play, uh, you know, armchair scout. Have you had a chance to get a peek at any of the boys? I I watched a little bit of the uh, a little bit of each game. Right. Um, I 
it's just the way the way the schedule has been uh, around here it's been almost impossible to sit down for an entire uh, entire game so you know i i can't comment a whole bunch on it uh, one thing that did you know strike me as unusual is when's the last time team canada in this tournament won 14 nothing and rung it up like big time yeah they, they typically shut her down when they get to that eight nothing range. You know, they kind of coast from there and make sure that they don't embarrass. But you know, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and you know, and, and I know it, it goes against the spirit of fair play, but the rules are very clear: goals for and against are your first tiebreaker. Go ring it up if you can. Go get some point. Uh, you know, some goals and. Because it goes to the mental uh, piece of it. And, and if they're focused from the beginning straight through to the end of every game and play the way they need to play, there's not going to be this lag, this sort of, uh, you know, midway through the, through the tournament, we have a tendency of sort of lulling ourselves to sleep a little bit and get ourselves into trouble. We've seen that over the, you know, numerous years. They, there's so much uh, expectation with this group. So I think playing right through the game is a good thing. And, and you know, I, that's I, the only, that's the only comment I can really make is that I thought it was, it wasn't a bad thing that they rung it up to 14. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, if you want to, what's the whole saying? If you want to piss in the, in the weeds with the tall dogs, <laughs> you better p- pull up your big boy pants, right? Right. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not doing them any favors by laying off them. Oh, absolutely not. You know, no, and just, uh, I mean, a lot of times what teams will do is they'll uh, put out a different power play or they'll play the fourth, the third and fourth line guys more. But those third and fourth line guys, they want to score just as bad as the you know the top six guys. So you, Absolutely. You, you can't reel those guys and ring them in. It's a big deal. You know, like, I guess like, kind of like my pet peeve is when they start, and this, and I kind of thought of this today, and then, <laughs> a lot of times what I do is I send myself little notes. And one of the notes I sent myself was, I hate when they rave about these junior players, when they talk about a player and they rave about his stats that he had, you know, he had eight goals and 10 assists and he had uh, three quarters of those points against dog shit. Like, I don't care how many, when a guy, when a guy scores five points in a 14, nothing blowout, that doesn't impress me. What impresses me is when, you know, you, you get, you get two points or three points in a game versus the U S or Russia. So, um, a lot of these prospects. You know they pad their stats against the uh, the weak sisters, and uh, like I say, I like to go through them a little with a little bit more of a fine tooth comb, yeah. And uh, you know, not uh, just make sure you're heaping the praise in the right. I mean, you. I mean, a good play is a good play, a nice play is a nice play. But sometimes these guys don't have to work that hard for those uh, those those absolutely uh, those absolutely. Uh, those ticky tacky, you know, pond cocky points. So just keep that in mind when you're watching. Don't get don't get too over. Uh, over analytical, get over bent out of shape about the points. Um, I guess I should maybe talk to myself about that too. But you know, I, <laughs> t- take it with a grain of salt and analyze it and take it for what it's worth. But exactly. uh, yeah, I mean, so far, um, our three jet prospects. Uh, I've always kind of had a bit of a spot for David Gustafson because he looks like he's going to be. I don't know if he's ever going to be a big scorer, but I think he could be a nice, solid two-way center that can chip in some offense and be responsible. Probably a better version of Adam Lowry, like a, 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 maybe a version of Adam Lowry, uh, not as big, but with more scoring. 
Uh, kind David of a, Backus kind of guy. Yeah, well, Backus could score. He was Backus scored when he was on St. Louis, but then yeah. he he was elevated in the lineup too, right? That's right. But in the perfect world, if uh, you know Gustafson was on a, a real good contending team, he'd be he'd do well to kick in as a a good third line center, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that in today's hockey because uh, you know nowadays uh, teams want to have almost like four scoring lines. So uh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know that he. I don't know that he gets to a Brian Little status, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, with uh, Vertanen, I'm not. I have no idea how to read him. Uh, sometimes these guys. Sometimes it's better to watch a good player on a crappy team than watching, you know, a player on a good team. Finland's got a good team, and he's a he's a good he's a looks like he's a decent player or a good player on a good team. Hard he's player. a role player by all accounts. It sounds yeah, like probably he was a later pick and that, but. Uh, I've liked his game. Like, of course, when you know when I'm watching Finland, I'm always watching for him too. So you're you're really you know you're really zeroed in. But yeah, I have uh, I've enjoyed watching him. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little you know a little bit uh, disappointed in Sandberg's game. I expected a little more, but uh, USA is a funny team. Um, I hear you, and I think maybe that's because he's one of our one of our picks, and we're looking for you know. A diamond in the rough at every at every turn, and you know you're not going to win every every pick, right? Like you're not going to hit a home run. So, uh, Sandberg, by all accounts, is going to be a steady stay-at-home guy, and you know, um, as you know, as he develops, uh, you know, guys like him, we, you need at the bottom end of your of your lineup, right? If he makes the NHL, just you know, can't say it enough. You know, the salary cap is a huge huge component and guys like him fill in the bottom end of the roster and and allow uh, dollars to be spent elsewhere yeah those elcs are really really important well by this time next week we'll have seen three more jet games hopefully they get back on the winning note uh you know they never i'm, I'm never afraid that they're going to go on a long a long bender and even if they do they built themselves and they've earned it they built themselves a nice cushion so they'll work their way out of it well <laughs> No, you know, you look at the standings. Yeah, they get, still got a game in hand on Nashville, a game in hand on Colorado, and they're still four points up on Nashville. Yeah. So, you know, are we going to go into a slump? The other teams below us have, um, but we've got, like you say, we've got some room there to, um, you know, take a couple and get our game back in order and uh, get back at it. Yeah, we got some wiggle room. Anyway, Daryl, let's pack her in for today. Let's uh, let our listeners know you can find us at WinnipegHockeyTalk.com. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Anchor FM. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to uh, kick in a line or an email, shoot something at us for a question or a comment. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I guess at this time next week, well, we should be deep into the meta round of the World Juniors. Probably the final will be the Monday or next Monday or Tuesday, so we won't know if we're in it or not, but... Uh, Hopefully, good luck to Canada, and uh, go Jets, go. And uh, um, to our listeners, and to you too, Daryl, um, let's say uh, Happy New Year. And to you too. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, and uh, Jets, big Jets game New Year's Eve. Uh, Don't drink and drive. Watch the Jets. Have some fun. And uh, we'll see you guys next year. See you, Daryl. Take care.